You have to have empathy. And frankly, I and I will be a bit bold here, a bit more provocative here. Between intelligence and empathy, please choose empathy. Intelligence sometimes even irritates people. So, yes, you can be intelligent when you're dealing with machines, when you're writing a code, when you're fixing your motorbike. Be intelligent. I have no issues. When you're with other human beings, it is important to have empathy. Understand where that person is coming from. That was Namneet Mishra, Senior Vice President and General Manager, Hexagon R&D Center here in India. He helped strengthen the organization's technology base, grow end customer interaction, and build the Hexagon brand. Navneet also led the R&D center in India to become Hexagon's largest R&D hub globally. Leadercast is a podcast series by ISB Executive Education. This podcast features prominent business executives who are redefining functions and industries and what it means to lead in an era of accelerated change. Good morning, sir. Thanks a lot and welcome to ISB. We are really privileged to have you here today on this podcast. So leveraging India's next-gen talent is essential for actually creating world-class innovation, be it a product or a service. You know, what do you think is the way that organizations attract and nurture top talent? And how does that actually contribute to innovation, which innovation for the organization, innovation for the customer and innovation for the world? Sure. So first of all, thank you, Madhu, for having me here. So first, I mean, uh, you use the word India as a talent base. So first thing I'll tell you is that uh, now with uh, communication and learning platform being so pervasive, all kinds of talents are available all across the world. So that that barrier is gone now. It's, it's really flat. Yeah. What is differentiating factor for India? Two things, speed and scale. We can uh, hire, grow faster than any other location in the world. And we can do it at a scale which is unbeatable in the world. So that is that is our differentiating advantage at the moment. Luckily, <laughs> attraction is not only based on your comp and bin package. Okay, it's a combination now. It's a combination, uh, and obviously, um, you know, these people who, who are trying to join you, they look at the offer letter, yeah. But before that, they have done a lot of research about you. Absolutely. They have gone to your website, they have gone to Glassdoor, they have gone to many places where, you know, they, they listen about the company. And what is important for them is, for example, what your culture is. Right. And whether we like to believe it or not, but uh, the words like cool and chill are coming into that dictionary now. Okay. Okay. So which probably when I was looking for a job, I looked at how many years this company has existed. Will it exist in future or not? But for them, it is um, how cool is the environment, how, how chill is the workplace. Then what solutions are you creating and what's, uh, what are its impact on the world? So that is something which becomes important for them. And lastly, uh, if you are in the tech world, then what kind of technology stacks that you have? So these things are important for them. They want to be on the cutting edge. They want to be working on the latest thing. So if you want to be a magnet where people are getting attracted, you have to ensure that, yeah, your salary has to be market relevant, but also these things have to take in place. So for them, for example, learning is in small bits. Learning is uh, when something is becoming attractive. Learning is also very self-driven. So um, you need to have those platforms and everything. And if you see how all this will transform now into nurturing. So for nurturing, earlier, what was important for us, for example, you know, that my manager says, great job done. For them, it is, 
if their peers say, great job done. Yeah? So it, it is a differentiation now. For us, uh, awards were few. For them, the smaller awards here and there, some pat on the back, smaller things, they do matter. Right. Yeah. For us, it was not important that, you know, uh, people know about our birthday in our, around our cubicle and vistas, but for them, this is something which they, which they are okay with, which they are comfortable with, to being social for the, that small period, yeah? Right. So once we have covered attraction and nurturing, now the question that you are asking is, how does it impact the organization, the customers in the larger world? Correct. And this is a learning which I'm having from my own kids as well, the way they relate to sustainability is different from how, how I relate to it. For me, or I don't know, probably many people of, um, of my generation, we were leading a life where these things were not very visible. And they started becoming visible. The global warming, the carbon, and, and everything started becoming an issue. And then we learned about it and tried to create something which becomes better. For them, this is very basic. For them, not only your company, but your supply chain should also be following those sustainability metrics, et cetera, et cetera. So what happens is when you have that kind of a workforce, a kind of workforce which is more, uh, I don't know, say, um, accepting any kind of gender fluidity, accepting any kind of uh, other choices. So they are naturally more inclined to develop, a, I don't know, a solution which is acceptable to a larger and diverse audience. And that is what, as we discussed in one of the earlier points, if we harness that talent, that bit of their knowledge, how they interact with the world in developing a solution, then our solution is much more sustainable. And your organization gains, your customer gains, and eventually the world gains. Because these guys are thinking differently. For them, the core definition is very different. Yeah. Right. No, the, again, a very interesting point about the aspects of sustainability being a key driver of selection of an organization to work for. So we spoke about organization creating a culture, but continuing on that, how do you think leaders, individual leaders, can actually harness the local talent to make them globally relevant, not just leaders, but also as, as peers and... Okay, yeah, good point. But here's, uh, fortu I don't know, fortunately or otherwise, but it has remained more or less the same. That, that's what I have observed. It is like how as kids we learned or how today's kids are learning. They are not learning by what they hear. Mm -hmm. They learn by how what they see. <laughs> so right. at home, if I teach them, you know, um, get up early, but I myself get up at 10 a.m., it's not going to work. Right. So uh, the difference between audio and video, as we call it. So leaders have to behave in a way that they inspire confidence. They inspire the right values in, in, the, in the workforce. So uh, just by speaking in all hands or any other communication and writing it, that will not change. They will watch your behavior very, very closely. And you have to ensure that you really are, are living this. Yeah. So... The, other than this, other than that you are uh, living a very visible, transparent, exemplary way in, in your know, professional workspace, what we have necessarily have to do is that we have to hire smarter. This somehow, uh, I would say, is not everywhere this is happening, if I, if I might use the word. Uh, I see people struggle a bit while hiring uh, smarter people than themselves, but that is the only way to scale. So uh, that is something which our leaders need to do. Second thing what they have to do is, which for example, if you ask me what is my agenda, my agenda is setting up a culture. What do, what do you mean by culture? That means even when you are not looking, even when you are not around, 
the decisions that are being taken still consider the same parameters, the same common goals that should be looked at while the decisions are being done. So setting up culture is most important. And at the end, if you want, would like to tell me what is leader's final measurement, final measurement is how quickly you can become redundant across your team. So that moment, how quickly you can enable your DRs, your organization to think and do even better than what you would have done, that is your measure as a leader. And yeah, sometimes for me, those are the greatest moments. For example, we were doing a special hiring. Uh, if, I, if I may take Sure, sure, minute. absolutely. Yeah. So um, we started an initiative called Begin Again. This was specifically for women employees who have taken a career break and want to come back. And uh, what we realized is in the first round, we failed terribly. <laughs> and we, we did a retrospective. Uh, two, two things went wrong. One, the managers, the hiring managers didn't know that on what basis they are hiring. So they still focused on performance and not on potential, right. which was not the, which should not have been the case. And second thing, what went wrong is that the people whom we're trying to hire, they were shaken that, you know, they have taken four years break and now will they be able to perform tomorrow? Right. So both sides were having an issue. So now we said, okay, we will make it a highly paid internship, but linked to a particular job. So you know what is the job, but you start with an internship and you know that you have three to six months to settle in, to prove yourself. And at the same time, you inform the hiring managers as well as to how you have to hire based on potential and not necessarily on yesterday's performance because the person has not been working. And one, just as an example, this became super successful. And out of the, we had target to hire X number and we could hire X minus one in one single drive, mm -hmm. which was very successful. And what, what I can tell you is one person with a 13-year break, joined us. Wow. So that is that is really amazing to see. And now, while this event was happening, I was I was not, not in. And what I realized is what my team did is they not only invited the interviewees, they invited their family, their spouses, and their kids to have a look at the facility, to understand how the crest is there, how the food is getting served, what are the different facilities. And this was when I realized, oh, I've done a good job because I didn't do anything and still the team did it. So that being redundant and how quickly is the true measure of leadership. Have you set up the right culture? Have you enabled them to take right decisions and right parameters? Right. So that I would say makes a difference in becoming really good across the awesome. top. It actually sort of gives me goosebumps and also struck the right chord. I remember about 15 years ago, 20 years ago, one of my ex bosses. Uh, he told me that, uh, you know, you've done a great job. I was leaving the company. He said, you've done a great job. You've met all targets. But you know what? You have to learn one thing is that you've not developed a team. You have to make yourself redundant for the team to perform. Oh. <laughs> and that's one thing that I got away from that. And I've been consciously trying to do that. Thanks for bringing it up. It sort of reminded me of that. And the second one that you talked about, right? Having a smarter workforce or colleagues is not necessarily a threat. It's a blessing. This is something that I read just about three days ago on LinkedIn, and it was very, very appropriate when you said these two things. It sort of made me realize that, yes, uh, these, are, these are the finer aspects of nurturing talent yeah. as a leader, as an individual leader, that actually can make a big difference in any organization. So thank you for that, sir. My next question is more on the aspect of network globalization. So how can the leadership within an organization approach network globalization, and what strategies do you think have been successful in ensuring effective communication and decision-making across diverse teams. You know, COVID has helped us a lot. Yeah. Multinationals with different, uh, you know, sort of centers have helped us a lot. But is there some of these core aspects that you've 
the three. Yeah, sure, sure. So first and foremost is very clearly transparency. Unfortunately, people uh, uh, sometimes don't believe in it, but uh, uh, the hard way you eventually learn is that uh, you have to have uh, transparency. And again, let's talk about both good news and bad news. So appetite of risk is a function of culture. So in India, you will have a larger appetite for risk. So even if let's assume 80% of the time is gone in a project and you have not achieved 80% of the project deliverables, you will still be hopeful that you will be able to meet it. But uh, you go to Europe, specifically say Switzerland, Germany area, there the the first beep the first uh, alert starts happening at the 25 to 30% of the project timeline itself they don't wait till 80% to raise okay something is going wrong right. so that communication of risk communication that has to be done early right. if you want to succeed that is the only way you have to do so for example i have to ensure because you know when you when you are responsible for a, for example a whole center and which is you know part of the network but but a bit distant from others mm-hmm. I have to ensure that anything going wrong, I have to inform my global boss immediately. So that is is an absolute must. Second is, which we have to learn, which some of us are learning, is communication of good news. We have to stop doing it with adjectives. It was a super successful event. No. It was a super successful drive. We, We cannot be, it was a fantastic show. No. We expected 1,000 people to turn up, but actually 1,270 people turned. It is fact-based. You are not saying, you are not using the adjective, but you are giving the data points, the facts or factoids to make them understand how successful it is. Our um, hiring drive last year costed X rupees per hire. Now with this approach, we have this value per hire. So that is how you go about describing your success in terms of data. Yeah, and does it take a bit of effort? Yes, it does. Does it make it a bit more boring while you're saying it? Yes, but the communication impact that it is having on someone is very visible. You have created a higher chance of getting your next proposal approved or your next proposal listened to and all that stuff. Now, whenever you are dealing with someone, you have to have empathy. And frankly, I, and I will be a bit bold here, a bit more provocative here. Between intelligence and empathy, please choose empathy. Intelligence sometimes even irritates people. So, yes, you can be intelligent when you're dealing with machines, when you're writing a code, when you're fixing your motorbike, when you're fixing a fan in your home, when you're rearranging your sofa. Be intelligent. I have no issues. When you're with other human beings, it is important to have empathy. Understand where that person is coming from. That is the key to your eventual success. You have to understand what is the culture. And cultures are different. A European or, or Central, uh, or, or say some person from UK or Italy or Spain or France or Germany. You, you have to know. You have to know how they function. What are the things? What are the, their drivers? Somebody in US, Canada. What do they think? Asia, Pacific. What is happening? So you have to have understanding of culture. Empathy is about a person, but also what is the person's background. You have to have a good understanding. And finally, finally, You have to understand this very deeply within you, that what matters is delivery. If you are able to deliver something, people will remember you. The next large big thing will come to you. Ego is not going to give you results, those results. So that has to be understood. So yeah, be transparent, 
and and being prepared is one thing but have a super empathy please understand where somebody is coming from yeah sure no, no i so, think and that, that, that <laughs> absolutely makes sense and uh, the aspect that you said about uh, let the numbers speak for themselves or you know putting in facts which speak for themselves rather than making it sound as if it is a super duper performances there and i think empathy slowly i think it is the the there's a shift towards both empathy as well as emotional intelligence being playing a part in yes, yes. our everyday work lives nowadays yes, yes. and that's something that i'm glad that you brought that up because otherwise normally people say you get the job done you talked about that as well but get the job done with empathy rather than right, just the yes. delivery aspect because that is where the, i mean intelligence is our tool it cuts correct <laughs> no no absolutely and and some you're right it, it can rub people the wrong way yes uh, if if it if it is shown in an arrogant fashion so yes perfect so thanks a lot for your time today really had great fun speaking to you really appreciate you being here thank you professor it was really engaging discussion thanks for letting me speak thank you thanks thanks, thanks. bye bye